Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the broadcast for October the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty. The supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's broadcast is in order. The broadcast is still available online, free on demand at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, donate liberally, would you please. We're live today, first hour, Sam Bushman. Second hour, we jump on Brighty on TV. Check that out for the simulcast coming up. Two hours of incredible radio and TV starts now. We had our guest on Mr. Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, ronpaulinstitute.org. And we talked about the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We talked about uh, the importance of Russell M. Nelson, the president of the church and the prophet, encouraged members to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. There has never been a time in the history of the world when knowledge of our Savior is more personally vital and relevant to every human soul, he said. Temples, their places where members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints worship, are married for eternity, and make sacred covenants with God Almighty to keep his commandments. Uh, the temples offer a firm foundation for the faithful. He talked about the importance of temple work. Please make time for the Lord in his holy temples. Nothing will strengthen your spiritual foundation like service and worship in the temples of God. Several speakers warned us not to stir up contention or contribute to the contention that seems to prevail in the world today. Contention is of the devil. We must learn how to disagree without being disagreeable. If we ever hope to live without contention, ladies and gentlemen, then we must give place for the love of God to dwell in our hearts and permeate our lives. That is the sure way to avoid contention. We talked about U.S. officials. I guess uh, they free Meng Wangzu, I think is how you say her name. Jacob G. Hornberger with that article. We talked about U.S. foreign policy should be changed to one of non-intervention. No more sanctions. No more undeclared wars. No more embargoes. Let's discard our foreign policy and embrace the George Washington humble non-interventionist foreign policy. Let's do it today. Amen to that. Wow. We sure need that. We need friendly neutrality and no entangling alliances, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Pompeo, no apology for plan to kill Julian Assange. I mean, this is insanity, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Pompeo, part of the deep swamp. Julian Assange, in my opinion, he's an American hero, even though he's Australian. <laughs> Why? Because he told the truth. Why? Because he 
He literally opened up a glimpse into the deep state's abuse of we the people in violation of the rule of law in America. COVID-19 detention camps, you say they're not serious, huh? Will our government roundups and registers in our future? John White wrote it, incredible attorney, serious question. We are being lied to our deaths, Paul Craig Roberts says. One reason they are refusing the clot shot, these medical professionals, is because they've seen the harm that it does in the hospitals and what it does to their families even. Yeah, these shots have killed and injured people, including members of their own families, and you wonder why they don't want to take the shot? It's pretty obvious, says Paul Craig Roberts. <clears throat> Amen, is he right? It's time to nullify the vaccine mandate. Lowell Nelson, who was with me first hour, even wrote a letter to the legislative body as they were having hearings. They say they want to hear from us who are not for the vaccine mandates. Well, they heard from us. Over a 1,000 people showed up that were all against the vaccine mandate from Joe Biden. Time will tell what our state will do with it. Bottom line, though, sadly, most of the government funding uh, for health, you know, in America is from your federal government. So states are going <clears> to <throat> probably capitulate to the cash is my guess. Sad but true. Second hour, we had Sheriff Richard Mack with us. CSPOA.org is the founder and president of the Constitutional Sheriff's Organization designed to have Americans back their county sheriffs. For the county sheriff is America's last hope. We can truly county by county restore the republic and the traditions of our founders. Why will the sheriff listen to us more than most officials? Because they're elected directly by the people on a county basis. Yes, indeed, your county legislative bodies and your county, um, what do you want to call it, commissioners, etc., along with the district attorneys and anything else, we should work to go along as well. But the sheriff, the great executive of the county, has plenty of jurisdiction, plenty of authority that he's not even aware of to really make a difference, and we can develop relationships with him. That's the idea of the CSPOA.org. Bacon, by the way, is more expensive for Americans than it's been in the last 40 years, CNN says. Woo-wee. Inflation going on. Citing anti-Second Amendment climate, Smith & Wesson is going to move its headquarters from, uh, I guess, Massachusetts to Tennessee. Don't blame them for that, do you? Joe Manchin says we have 11 million jobs that we haven't filled, 8 million people still unemployed. Something's wrong. People are not willing to work. And I mentioned that there's plenty wrong in the governments to blame when it comes to government subsidies, when it comes to vaccine mandates, when it comes to People just aren't going to go for all those things, ladies and gentlemen. What you got to do is get the government out of the way and let the free market, the free enterprise system work, folks. And minimum wages and, you know, employees forced to pay for um, Obamacare and employees forced to pay for and mandate vaccines and all this regulatory taxes and abuse is just too much for businesses these days. Larry Clayman and Freedom Watch filed criminal complaint against Joe Biden with the ICC, that's the International Criminal Court, in addition to holding Biden accountable, a citizen's grand jury has already indicted Joe Biden. I'm not for this plan. I mentioned why yesterday. Go back and listen to the broadcast if you want. We'll be talking about it a little bit more next hour with a good sheriff on Friday on TV as well. Obama undercuts Biden, slams open borders. Makes sense. The truth comes out. You know what? We just cannot have illegals crashing our borders. Yeah, there's good people that want a better life, and I support those refugee status situations to a great degree. The problem is they can't come illegally, folks. We need to slam the illegal door shut, and if we want to have legal ways for them to come, by all means. But we need to have a way to vet the good guys from the bad guys along the way. That's for sure, because right now you've got to 
uh, people with all kinds of diseases coming into America, and you've got all kinds of criminals with evil intent coming into America, and we have no idea how to decide who's who, who's whom. You got men coming with child brides and, and sex trafficking going on everywhere. You got drugs and um, anyway, crime ridden people fleeing their other countries or their home countries coming to America. I mean, it's disaster on steroids to the point where even Biden and Obama are at odds on this thing, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Fauci, migrants coming over the border. That's not how you get diseases into the country. As he lost his mind, one out of five is infected with COVID, for starters, they claim. Fauci has not a clue. His credibility continues to erode to, to the point where it's laughable. But if he didn't have so much power, it would be laughable, right? And you got to laugh at the guy so you don't cry. But, man, how we let this guy have so much power in America and how he continues to destroy his own credibility by opening his mouth day by day is just insanity. Obama appointed federal judge Cott presiding over a stunning number of cases in which he had a financial conflict of interest. That's true for judges across the country, by the way, not just Obama judges. United States could lose its AAA credit rating, Fitch warns. That's a serious, serious situation, ladies and gentlemen, if you ask me. And I don't hear anybody, hardly anybody, talking about it. What's going to happen? All the way down to the local sheriff's departments. We'll find out about that next hour as well as we interview a good sheriff, a sitting sheriff, talking about this uh, in detail. But that's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. Available at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net. If you have the heart to help, your donations are absolutely more than welcome. What we really need is an angel investor to really let us put the staff together. I could do a whole lot more video stuff if I could just get the staff around me. I just don't have time. Uh, to do the video, to edit it, to upload it, to make sure that it's good, to put the notes with it, to do all that it takes. It costs money for the servers. If you want to even do a Rumble account, it costs money. People say, well, Sam, go on YouTube. It's free. Uh-huh. So they can shut me down. This stuff is expensive, folks. To do radio and TV costs a lot of money. I know TV is more expensive than radio, but let's be clear, radio is not inexpensive. And whenever we travel, it's even more expensive. I mean, I can't go on a single trip without it costing a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, up to five, six, seven thousand dollars, depending on how many days, who goes with us, whether you got to buy tickets to get in somewhere, hotels, flights, food. And remember, it's not just your flight. You can't just go with no carry-ons. You got to bring radio gear so that you can broadcast. So you got you know those expenses. It's expensive stuff, folks. And we don't beg for your money to fund our families. I work a day job. I own an IT company. I work a day job to pay for my family's lives uh, and our own. We don't want you to donate to fund our family. We want you to donate because radio and TV are expensive. And if we can all chip in, many hands make heavy burdens light. Isn't that what they say? So that's kind of the reason for that. That's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday. <laughs> I got a whole lot more news than I refused to use straight ahead. The Great Barrington Declaration, focused protection. Let's read the declaration. Let's talk about focused protection. Let's talk about the wording in this document. we got a whole lot to cover. You're listening to Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sam Bushman. You know, there's some great listeners out there who provide a lot of information to all of us talk show hosts. And I don't want to name them because I don't think they want to be named. They know who they are, and we love them, and we appreciate them, and the information they provide is valuable and educational and informative. And from time to time, we use the information they provide us. We don't give them credit, not that we're trying to take credit ourselves, but I don't think they want to be named. They're behind the scenes, and they provide support. It almost reminds me a little bit of a of an attorney-paralegal relationship where the paralegal does a lot of the research and then provides the information, and then, and then the attorney runs with it. It's similar in nature. And I bring this up because I don't want to take credit for this. Uh, I want to give credit where credit's due, but I also don't want to name names, okay? Anyway, I got an email um, talking about the Great Barrington Declaration. And most people don't even know what it is for that matter. Um, but some people on their shows were talking about how awesome this document is, how incredible the Great Barrington Declaration is. And I, um, along with this person providing me information, this listener, disagree. Okay, I don't think the Great Barrington Declaration is good at all. It sounds good. And if you read it and you're not very conscientious about what you're reading, you go away going, this is awesome. I love it. But a more detailed reading and somebody who knows how to watch out for the gotchas as I do, reveals a different story. The Great Barrington Declaration is disaster. It was put forward by university professors, if you will. It was written and signed on October 4th, 2020. And it was signed in the Barrington United States by, and then they go on to all these authors uh, and these professors and scientists and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, okay? The Great Barrington Declaration. And the big pitch that they... Um, focus on is what's called focused 
protection. The focused protection is what you really need to pay attention to um, because at first it sounds good. I mean, I'm for focused protection, right? Aren't you? Hey, protect the elderly and, you know, let the rest of us just go along with our own day-to-day living. Protect those who are vulnerable, but let the rest of us move along. It sounds great. The problem with the document, ladies and gentlemen, the problem with this notion is who would be determining the focused protection. What would focused mean? Would focused mean that government has the ability to say, Sam, you're a talk show host, but you're vulnerable there. We're going to lock you down. So it sounds good on the surface. Let me read to you the declaration. It isn't that long. And the reason that I want to read it on the air is because most people, and I rarely read on the air, by the way. As you know, I probably read less than any other talk show host on the planet. Um, But I want to read this because I want people to understand what it says, and I want to point out the gotcha portions. Because I swear if you read it yourself, you'll look at it and go, well, this is pretty good. But it's, it's the gotchas that I want to get at here. The Great Barrington Declaration. The Great Barrington Declaration, as infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists, we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of the prevailing 19 COVID-19 policies. Sounds good first. Hey, we're scientists and we care, right? And we recommend an approach called focus protection. That's the concern. Coming from both the left and the right and around the world, we have devoted our careers to protecting people. Fine. Current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long-term public health. Public health. The results, to name a few, are lower childhood vaccination rates. So they want that to increase. See, I don't. Worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings, and deteriorating mental health. Well, they're right about all the problems, that's for sure. They say leading to greater excess mortality in years to come. With the working class, that's an interesting phrase. (laughs) The working class, are, are some people less than others? Just wondering. See, if you really read carefully, you see some communist leanings in this thing. The working class and the younger members of society carrying the heaviest burden. So then they start now in where I believe the gotchas are. Hey, you know what? The least burden is what? With the elderly? They're not responsible for anything. I mean, in fact, they're all kind of naive and senile. And the, the younger class, the working class, the... They're the ones that are carrying the burden. So do you see the dividing into classes here? Beware. Keeping students out of school is a grave injustice. I think it's a blessing to keep people out of the government schools. <laughs> anyway, keeping these measures in place until a vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage with the underprivileged disproportionately harmed. So remember, this came out in October 2020 before the vaccines were here. But again, dividing into classes. Now you got the underprivileged, the middle and the working classes. They're the ones that are unfairly harmed greatly, and they're the ones being abused. Why? Well, because of the elderly, don't you see? 
the elderly and those who have, what do they call them, COVID morbidities kind of thing. Okay, they're the ones, see, the dividing happens here. Fortunately, our understanding of the virus is growing. Yeah, but their willingness to tell the truth about it isn't. Their willingness to bring natural health and healing solutions to the table to save lives isn't growing. In fact, the growing evidence is that they're trying to kill us. But anyway, we know that vulnerability to death from COVID-19 is more than a thousand-fold higher in the old and infirm than the young. We know that, hey, you know, old people are going to die from this thing anyway. Way more than the young people. See the continued dividing of the classes? Indeed, for children, COVID-19 is less dangerous than many other harms, including influenza. Okay, that's a truism. As immunity builds in a population, the risk of infection to all, including the vulnerable, falls. We know that all populations will eventually reach herd immunity, i.e. the rate of which new infections is stable, and that this can be assisted by, but is not dependent on a vaccine. They get another thing right. I'm okay if they want to say vaccines can assist. I disagree, but let them. Uh, They're saying, but is not dependent on a vaccine. They get the truth there, and they admit to it. So see, the Barrington Declaration has a lot of good, but yet the dividing into classes, the pointing out the burden on the young caused by the elderly see there's a communist agenda there this says get rid of all misfits ne'er-do-wells get rid of the old and the the blight on society if you will see that's where they're going even though they're not blatantly saying that beware our goal should therefore be minimize mortality and social harm until we reach herd immunity the most compassionate approach that balances the risks and benefits of reaching herd immunity. So now they're, they're, they're teaching you about their approach. They want you to believe that it's all balanced. Is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally. Now we're going to, somebody's going to decide who's at minimal risk of death and who should be allowed to live their lives normally, right? What's the other side of that token or that coin? <clears throat> Well, those who are not at minimal risk of death, they shouldn't, or death, those who are not at minimal risk of death, they should not be allowed to live their lives normally. See, that's the inference that you take away when you read this. At first, you don't think through it, and you go, well, that makes sense, right? Well, kind of. Who's the decider? And who decides if you're at minimal risk or not? They say, allow those people who can live their lives normally to build up immunity through natural infection. Makes sense again. But don't let the elderly do that. See, you got to look at the other side. If we decide that someone is at minimal, minimal risk of death, okay, if you're that group, then you're allowed to continue to live your lives normally and develop immunity to the virus through natural infection. But if you're elderly, they're not going to allow that to you. If, you're, if you have morbidity or you know, other conditions, uh-uh. You're not part of the group that should be allowed to live life normally. What will happen to you? They don't say, of course. Then they say, well, better protecting those who are at higher risk. We call this, quote, focused protection. And I submit to you, those are the words that tell you the tale. Focused protection means focused lockdowns. Focused protection means you don't get a chance to live your life normally. You don't get a chance to develop 
herd immunity or antibodies via the natural way. Oh, no. They say adopting measures to protect the vulnerable should be the central aim of public health responses to COVID-19. So focus protection is adopting measures. What are those measures or measures, right? Then they say by way of example, and they give us some examples here. Nursing homes. Yeah, we'll start there when we come back. You comfortable with this? I am certainly not. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A former Facebook data scientist, Francis Haugen, has stunned lawmakers and the public with revelations of the company's awareness of apparent harm to some teens from Instagram and her accusations of dishonesty in its fight against hate and misinformation. Now she is coming before Congress Tuesday with tens of thousands of pages of eternal research documents she secretly copied before leaving her job at Facebook. Haugen also filed complaints with federal authorities alleging that Facebook's own research shows that it amplifies hate, misinformation, and political unrest, but Facebook hides what it knows. Days after a national organization representing school board officials told the Biden administration about hate groups intimidating education officials, Attorney General Merrick Garland, without citing any specific cases, has directed the FBI to combat threats of violence against school administrators. USA Radio News. Joe Biden is seeking one of the biggest tax increases in history. Now, experts warn these massive tax increases on capital gains and businesses will kill jobs, wreck the economy, and sink the stock market. All this week, Sean Spicer and Lindsey Keith are warning of Biden's tax madness in their special reports. Each night, Spicer and Company talks to the experts on what's coming and how you can protect your hard-earned money. Plus, Sean Spicer reveals new details of his upcoming book, Radical Nation. In Radical Nation, you'll find the shocking truth of the Biden-Harris agenda. So tune in to Spicer & Company every evening this week on Newsmax, America's channel for real news. Newsmax is on every major cable system. Just check your cable guide. Or get Newsmax on most streaming services or download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone. Newsmax covers the really big stories you need to know. Get Sean Spicer's Radical Nation and make sure you watch Spicer & Company on Newsmax tonight. Another Democrat mayor is demanding obedience by their employees. Brad Bernards reports. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Friday promised unspecified consequences for city workers who don't meet an October 15th deadline to get vaccinated against COVID-19, even as the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police told its members unvaccinated cops will only be subjected to coronavirus testing starting mid-month, not loss of pay or firing. Number one cause of death in 2020 of law enforcement was COVID-19, nothing else. It's foolish, foolish to be trying to take a victory lap when so much is at stake. But unfortunately, that's in keeping with the leadership of this fraternal order of police. They will be vaccinated. The mayor's vaccine mandate is shaping up as a test of wills with her antagonists in the police union and other labor organizations representing many employees who don't want to get the vaccine. We are USA Radio News. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to a listener's reminder about this issue, I dug into it and looked it up, and I'm reading to you from the great Barrington Declaration that focuses on, or its central theme is this, quote, focused protection. And a lot of the document says everything you would agree with, but when you think of the other side of the coin, you go, wait a minute, I don't agree with that. So they say people that are not vulnerable to death should be allowed to live their lives normally. Well, what about those who are vulnerable to death or those who are elderly or those who are in the, quote, vulnerable groups? What happens to them? They don't really talk much about it, but the reality, um, well, you see, check this out. We call this focused protection. That's their plan or their way to make sure that, you know, the rest of us can live life normally, whoever the rest of us is, right? They say adopting measures to protect the vulnerable should be the central aim of public health responses to COVID-19. There you get it. Adopting measures to protect the vulnerable. Who would adopt those measures? Who would be the one to decide what group you're in, first of all? So when you divide people into classes, look out, because who's going to do the dividing, right? And then when they say they're going to put measures in place, what does that mean? Does it go far enough to be recommendations, or does it codify into law? I don't know. It gets very scary, but it's what they're not saying is key here, and it's this understanding this, quote, focused protection that's the concern. They say, by way of example, nursing homes should use staff who have acquired amenity and perform frequent testing of other staff and all visitors. All right, that's interesting. So if you want to visit anybody, you're going to have to be tested there. And when you say by way of immunity, what does that mean? If you don't naturally get it and get natural immunity, are they going to force a vaccine on you as a public worker? It doesn't say, but it infers that it would have to be. If you want to keep your job, you'd have to have that immunity. See, there's a lot of things not said here, but, well, if you read into what they're saying, you get it, right? They say staff rotation should be minimized. Fine. Retired people, listen to this, and here's kind of some of the clinchers that give you an idea of their evil intent. Retired people living at home should have groceries and other essentials delivered to their homes. So if you're retired and you're living at home, well, you're going to have to, well, you can't go out and get your own stuff. No, you better stay home. You're part of the vulnerable group, don't you know? We wouldn't want you to get sick and die on us or anything like that. See? What does that mean? That's scary. When possible, they should meet family members outside rather than inside. Well, who would be the Gestapo to make sure that your elderly grandma is visiting you outside rather than inside? Huh? A comprehensive, and this is the clincher, a comprehensive and detailed list of measures, including approaches to multi-generational households, can be implemented and i got a question by who and is well within the scope and capability of public health professionals so now you're going to have public health professionals developing comprehensive lists of what you can and cannot do right they say that blatantly but they don't give you really what that means so, you know, we're going to have to have somebody sit at your grandma's house to make sure she doesn't have people come inside now. We're going to have to have somebody at the nursing home to make sure that, you know what, you don't visit grandma without a negative test or the vaccine. 
hey, no workers can continue if they don't have the amenities. Well, right now they don't have any way for natural immunity to be even highlighted or focused on, right? I've had the COVID twice. I've got plenty of natural immunity now. At least that's the claim. Uh, and if I got, well, how can I prove that? Well, there, Sam, there's no test that can prove that. See, unless you get the vaccine and get a vax card, that's where this heads. They say those who are not vulnerable should immediately be allowed to resume life as normal. So if you're not part of that group, then you're not allowed to live life normal. Do you see the other side of this coin? Simple hygiene measures such as hand washing and staying at home with sick should be practiced. Well, of course. By everyone, they say, to reduce the herd immunity threshold. Schools and universities should be opened for in-person teaching. Extracurricular activities, such as sports, should be resumed. Young, quote, low-risk adults should work normally rather than at home. Now, this makes you believe that working at home is not normal. I work at home every day, ladies and gentlemen. It's been normal for me for my whole working adult life as a self-employed individual. Anyway, there you have it. But it infers that, you know what, if you're not young, man, you shouldn't be doing that. Everybody staying at home should be the elderly, the vulnerable. The rest of you need to get out in society and work for the boss. Who's the boss in their plan, you know? Restaurants and other businesses should open. Arts, music, sports, and other cultural activities should resume. People who are more at risk may participate if they wish. Yeah, but under what guidelines and what is the more at risk people? So now you got the extremely vulnerable. They're the ones that should sit at home and uh, I don't know who should bring their groceries and etc. Um, the totally safe people should be allowed to do whatever they want. The middle group, they can participate if they wish, but the lockdown group, the vulnerable group, mm-mm. they say while society as a whole enjoys the protection conferred upon them by, well, let's see, they say, while society as a whole enjoys the protection conferred upon the vulnerable. So think about this word now, or these two words, focus protection. While society as a whole enjoys the protection that's the focus protection conferred upon the vulnerable. So we're going to confer protection on the vulnerable. See, if you're in that class, it isn't going to be pleasant for you. By those who have built up herd immunity. So see, we now are going to become the protective class. That's the free and mobile people, again, protecting the vulnerable. Think about that for a minute. It sounds good on the service. But I don't think it's as good as it seems. And let me give you uh, kind of some guidelines to make the point. Who decides all this stuff in the Great Barrington Declaration? Developing focused protection. Let me give you an example now. Joe Biden just granted Congress an exemption from COVID shots, right? Congress doesn't have to have COVID shots. While his Department of Defense, the DOD, ordered every active and reserved service member to get the shots. So if you're in the military, 
Well, um, I guess you're part of the focused protection. If you're Congress, you get a free pass. If you're elderly or have morbidities of some kind or what are underlying health conditions or perceive this or that, you're in the vulnerable class. You shouldn't be allowed to participate in normal society. You might die or what, but the rest should be free to roam about the cabin. See, folks, it sounds good, this Barrington Declaration, but I submit to you that it's not good at all. It is disaster. And when Joe Biden grants Congress an exception, but yet forces the military, you've got Matt Staber at Liberty Council and all kinds of friends of mine speaking out going, hey, you know what? The military is just, they're getting sick. They're dying. This is horrible. Right? Now, Anthony Fauci now publicly declares that Americans should give up individual freedom for the greater good of society. So now you go back to this Barrington Declaration, focused protection. We're just locking you down for the good of society. You elderly people, you should give up your freedom. You people with underlying conditions, you should give up your freedom for the good of society, Fauci says. Are you comfortable with where they're going here? They're dividing us into classes. The government or the health care ministry or i don't know what you call it fauci he's the health care leader right wouldn't he then decide if you're part of the vulnerable group or not wouldn't he decide if you need focus protection would he decide whether, whether you're in which group to determine or do do what this is where the in my opinion the rubber meets the road Folks, you've got to understand in this situation what is being not said. You've got to understand in this discussion what is being left out. It sounds so great. Hey, let's protect the vulnerable and let's move on and let everybody else, you know what, get back to life. At first glance, it sounds fantastic. Who wouldn't want to do that? Who wouldn't want to protect grandma and live life normal? It's the protecting grandma part that's the problem. Right? You got to ask yourself this kind of question. What if grandma doesn't want greater protection? What if grandma doesn't want to be in your um, special group? What if does grandma have less rights because she's elderly or maybe has an underlying health condition? Where's that in your supreme law of the land, huh? Liberty Roundtable Live. Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Sir Galahad, what seems to be the problem? Well, it's just not working. She's been very unrealistic. Really? Ever since he rescued me from the dragon, we've been drifting apart. That's not true. We were supposed to live happily ever after. Well, this isn't a fairy tale. <laughs> At first, he was gallant and chivalrous, opening doors for me, holding my chair, taking my arm. All right, I'm not as young as I used to be. He simply isn't the man who swept me off my feet. Well, you're not as young as you used to be. <laughs> Mr. Sir Galahad, maybe if you started by just holding Mrs. Sir Galahad's hand when you're together. Really? Yes, try it. Okay. All right, go on. Take your hand. Careful, little oil. Marriage. You're never too far apart when you're still holding hands. From your neighbors, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, look into each other's eyes. That's right. Raise your visor. Oh, the blue dear. <laughs> For more tips on strengthening your marriage, visit family.mormon.org. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan 
the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. I am Sam Bushman. Hour one on your radio. Hour two, we're going to join TV, so uh, the transitions are a little bit iffy right now uh, because I'm all by myself trying to do the talk shows. Uh, I'll be the TV host. Richard Max out of town. Won't be with me. Uh, anyway, it's going to get a little crazy coming up here in a few minutes. But hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. We've got your back. We'll take care of it. So uh, just enjoy the ride, if you will. Minimal staff, very little dollars. We call it the Widow's Might Radio and TV Networks because, man, we don't have a lot of money, but we sure make all your support go as far as we possibly can. We consider it sacred funds. So Fauci declares Americans should give up. Their individual freedom for the greater good of society. But yet you look at the Great Barrington Declaration and the focused protection idea, and you go, wow, Congress got an exemption, but the military all is forced to take the shots. Where do you sit in as they create communist dividing of classes? You're the vulnerable or you're not vulnerable. See, if you're the vulnerable, you're not going to be allowed to do things. In fact, we'll create lists and guidelines and regulations to well, control your life, but if you're part of the, quote, favored group, you should be free to do whatever you want to do, right? That's what they want you to believe. Well, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this, but new studies are coming out daily, and antibodies persist for more than a year after COVID-19 infection study finds. All right? And they go into natural immunity, and this guy named Ivan... Uh, Penchaukov, P-E-N-T-C-H-O-U-K-O-V, Penchaukov. Anyway, uh, I appreciate Ivan for the article. And it basically says, hey, antibodies persist for more than a year after covid 19 infection new study finds okay that's for those who get natural immunity but we're not even being allowed to have natural immunity see this focused protection doesn't allow natural immunity although there's more people with natural immunity than there are vaccinated immunity right now ladies and gentlemen did you know that now here's the next headline vaccine antibodies decline seven months after second shot there's a U.S. study about that. 
So a lot of these other studies are from other countries. This one from the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that for a minute. It's kind of scary, isn't it? They want you to believe vaccines are the only way, but the immunities drop big time after seven months. Tammy hung with this article. Antibody levels generated by two shots of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine can undergo up to a tenfold decrease seven months following the second vaccination research suggests. The drop in antibody levels will compromise the body's ability to defend itself against COVID-19 if the individual becomes infected. Yeah, I guess this study is now ahead of peer review, but they go on. <clears throat> and they link the um, effectiveness of the vaccines to all the different variants. Let's see, what do you got? Delta, beta, MU, and others. Anyway, they told Reuters that the study shows vaccination induces high levels of neutralizing antibodies against the original vaccine strain, but these levels drop by tenfold within seven months. Yeah, there you have it. <clears throat> so now you have more evidence by these two studies that natural immunity is much better than vaccinated immunity, but this is no different. These studies bear out the truth, but we've known this for a long time. This isn't new information, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't new information at all. Right? So it's kind of shocking that we <laughs> we release this as if it's new knowledge. Like, oh my goodness, did you know this? We've known this. They've told you for years that natural immunity is better than vaccinations. But what they've claimed is everybody can't get natural immunity quick enough. Let's get vaccinations because they're the next best thing. The problem is that's only somewhat reality. Now they're trying to make you believe the vaccines are more important than your natural immunity. That's where the lie is. That's where the flip, based on wanting to control you and me, that's where the flip, based on this Barrington, Great Barrington Declaration, focused protection comes in. <clears throat> All right. So this same listener who talked about the Barrington Declaration, and I wanted to back them up because the listener's spot on right. It's what's not being said in the Barrington document that's of concern. But then it's what's being said in a very mild manner, like, hey, we are more than capable of developing lists. Hey, the vulnerable among us, um, well, the, the, the non-vulnerable, the people least at risk will be allowed to go do whatever they want. But they don't say that the people at great risk won't be allowed. In other words, the words aren't there. But the inference, the reality is there. By saying the people who are not vulnerable will be allowed to do this, this, and this, and this, the inference, the reality is the other side of the coin, the others will not be allowed. So see, they don't say it in words, but if you read what the words say, that's what they mean. That's what it comes out to be, right? Well, people are sick of the way we're all being treated in hospitals and everywhere, right? For good reason. So this listener also emails another talk show host, friend of mine, Kate, and says, hey, Kate, you mentioned on air that protesters in front of hospitals have good reason to protest the extremely unethical 
actions of staff resulting in needless deaths of patients. And the hospital staff dang well need to wake up and take a hard look at what they're doing to their patients before they moan about the protests. Well, I have a bone to pick, this listener says, with the protesters. They're not making that message clear with their signage and their dialogue. Their signs and dialogue are vague and general when they should be focused on the faulty protocols and especially the suppressed, highly effective treatments. They should name the treatments over and over and over in their protests. If you don't make your message clear, you can't expect your protest to be effective. I urge radio hosts to coach the protesters at hospitals in what to say and what their signs should say so their valiant efforts are not wasted. And then uh, they give their name. I, I couldn't agree more. All right. I agree. Um, but at the same time, I'm a little concerned. You say, what do you mean, Sam? Well, I'm not convinced, ladies and gentlemen, that protesters at the hospital are the way to go. And you say to me, Sam, what do you mean? We've got to do something. At least the protesters are taking action. All you're doing, Sam, is babbling on the radio. Come on. At least these people are serious. I get it. I understand. I genuinely get the concern. But I also want to be extremely careful here. There's a difference between your right to peacefully assemble and protesting. <clears throat> and I want to make sure that we're very clear indeed about what we're talking about. I support peaceful assembly. That is part of the First Amendment, constitutional, legitimate, appropriate, okay? For sure, all of the above. And I love it. I love it. I think that's great. Now they're trying to call me to tell me to get on the thing. All they got to do is look because I'm already there, right? Let me get this call here. This is Sam. Yep. What you need to do, buddy, is connect to me because I'm sitting right here and I'm on the radio right this very second talking to you on the radio. So what you got to do is click and connect to me, buddy, and you shall see me, my friend. All right. Now he's connecting to me like he should have been doing. I'm going to answer. Why isn't it answering here? Okay, can you see me, Hunter? All right, can you see me, sir? Is the camera fine? My mic is hot. I haven't changed anything. All right, so you go ahead and work on that. I'm going to finish this radio talk show, and in about 10 seconds, I'll be with you ready to transition. And if you want to grab our guest, that would be phenomenal, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so as I digress, I'm telling you that this Barrington Declaration sounds good, but it's full of deception. This idea that we're going to protest at hospitals, I get the reason people want to protest. I understand the desire to do something, but I'm not for physical protests. I believe we have a right to peacefully assemble, but I don't know that we have a right just to protest. If you go just rage and rally in front of hospitals, it's going to be like abortion clinics. All you're going to do is eventually get shut down. 
They're going to they're gonna make mandates. You can't surround governor's houses or, you know, public officials' houses. They're going to make laws that back you off and shut you down. And, and I just don't see that it's helpful. You're making it difficult, intimidating those who work at the hospitals. I don't think that's helpful either. You say, well, Sam, what they're doing is wrong. No, what most hospital staff are doing is trying to keep their jobs. It's hard to blame them, right? What most hospital staffs are doing is doing what they've been told. Should they? Be more educated and know the truth? Absolutely. But most of them don't mean harm. I've talked to a lot of the people in the hospitals, and they're scared. They don't know what to do. They'd love to do different things, but they don't either, one, have the knowledge, and or two, they're afraid to buck the system for fear they'll lose their job, for fear that uh, something else will go wrong, for fear that they'll be to blame if, if they were even to help you with natural health and healing solutions. And anything went wrong, then all of a sudden the hospital gets sued and they're the ones in trouble. Okay, they don't know what to do. Your government is the enemy on this. Your Fauci's with their public policies mandating even states are afraid to buck the federal government for fear that their money will be chopped off. Okay? So what we need to do is not necessarily protest the average Joe at the hospital. The lady that's walking in that's a nurse that means well. She is your friend. More times than not. She or he cares for you and will do all they can for you. Give them a chance. But when you protest and intimidate them, uh, all you're doing is, in my opinion, making matters worse. So rather than coach the protesters, I would come back and say, protesters, rather than spend your days out there in the hot sun, rather than intimidating people and, and giving the government an excuse to lock us down even further, you'd be better off funding radio shows like ours. You'd be better off spending your time working to elect the next representative that will toe the line and tell the truth, like a Rand Paul. You would do better in many other ways rather than spending your time on the streets and protesting. If I'm going to coach anybody, I'm going to coach you into a different stance, and that is to support the efforts already being made to make a difference. We get more information out about the proper role of government, more information out about what to do if you get COVID through Kate Daly's show, my show, many others, than you'll ever get by protesting the innocent person that's just trying to go to work and doesn't even know better. Spend your time in effective pursuits would be my guidance. And, and, and direction. All right, hour one of the can, two coming up on Brighty on TV. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. God save the Republic of the United States of America.